This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, our summer scouting continues, previewing the upcoming college football season and the first look at our 2024 NFL Draft Rankings. If you missed the last episode, Jeff and I covered the quarterbacks. Tonight, we're going to turn the page to the running backs. Jeff, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. It's been uh, it's been a good week. It's been, uh, you know, it feels good to be back into the swing and the rhythm. Um, and honestly, I see the first name on our list, and I can't wait to get into it. But before we start, um, same thing as last time. What's the you know thirty thousand foot view? What's our what's our big overview of the college football running back landscape? Yeah, so I I think when I look at this is I'd be very surprised. You know, we had Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, you know, go you know two in the top twelve. I don't think we're looking at any running backs going in the first round next year. Maybe one sneaks in the back end. Because I think when you look at this running back class, I think it's a strong class. I think the day two is made up of some really interesting running backs. But right now, I don't see that complete player or that like that special char- trait characteristic like Jameer Gibbs in terms of his receiving capabilities mixed with that. I don't see that in this class. And we definitely don't have a B. John Robinson type in this class. We have a lot of guys who I think maybe one or two could materialize into being what we thought of Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker the year before and other guys who we've seen go day two, go round two, go round three. So I think it's I think it's a deep class, but I don't think we have that elite-level star power at the top like we had last year with B. John and Jameer Gibbs going where, you know, where, they, where they went last year. For the people watching on YouTube, same thing as last time as Jeff introduces the player and, and my rankings. You know, we will show the scouting report, which is from the – Next wave, the 2024 scouting notebook, which is not even released yet to the public or around Labor Day, that'll drop as as a part of our premium package notebooks. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share the scouting notebook now. And just gonna kind of get us into here to talking about you know my rankings a little bit, and then we'll do the same thing that we did you know for the quarterback show. Quick one minute or so recap of, of what I saw on film. A little bit talking about these players from a variety of angles. And then, you know, we'll keep it moving to try to hit on a lot of guys to kind of get you set up for the college football season. We know these rankings are very fluid uh, and it's very easy for for things to change over the course of the year. Uh, So this is just our first look. Yeah. And when you mentioned the star power of the class, there's nothing anomalous like a Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson. But, you know, we've seen players like Jonathan Taylor, Nick chubb jk dobbins come out early to mid late round two and become you know really impactful players and honestly superstars at the nfl level too so i think there's there's a lot of meat on the bone in this class and and we're going to just start you know your screen has it up there i love this i love this rank i love this take trey benson florida state junior six foot 219 number one running back on this list it might be a little bit surprising too, because last year he had under a thousand yards rushing, just a little under nine touchdowns. Um, he had 13 receptions, 144 yards in the air, nothing gaudy there. 6.4 yards per carry is, is a pretty impressive number. Um, but why is Trey Benson 
topping the list. Yeah, so Trey Benson is a guy when I when I watched him and analyzed his film, very good size and frame. I think he's got above average to good athleticism, movement skills, burst and acceleration, especially at his six feet, two hundred and nineteen pounds. I came away very impressed with that. I think he's got very good to great contact balance, ability to absorb contact, pick up extra yards. I love the play strength, the power, the toughness. He's breaking up tackles, uh, picking up that those yards, those tough yards on the inside. But but I like the footwork, the vision, the patience. To me, he shows the complete package. He's got agility and elusiveness, even at that 219, to make people miss in the open field. Obviously, there's some things I want to see him improve upon, more involved in the passing game. I want to see some receiving production. I want to see him clean up pass protection a little bit. But when I view him, I view him as a round two type talent leader of a committee backfield or the starting running back on early downs that best fits in an inside gap or zone run scheme. Yeah. And honestly, I, yeah, I have to put my piece out there because I've been regretting it for months now. I missed the opportunity to take Trey Benson uh, in my Debbie draft. I like the names I got as well, but you know, I, I, I'm just praying that I, I wish I got a do over on this one because he has just been skyrocketing up my boards i think he belongs in this top tier um you know people got excited for javante williams um and you know with the way that he was creating yards after contact trey benson i think even broke javante williams you know pff yards after contact or force mixed tackles uh mark one of those one of those ones so it just shows how tough of a runner he is let's go to the next next player on the list and i think the surprises are going to just keep coming because I've seen a little bit of, you know, hate, you know, maybe, maybe hate's a strong word, but I think people have really cooled on Blake Corum, uh, the senior, uh, out of Michigan, 5'8", 200 pounds draft eligible last year. Didn't come out. He had the injury, but his, he had a great year, 1500 yards, rushing six yards of carry 18 touchdowns and a little bit of work through the air too. Not what he's known for. Uh, but he was just tearing out. Tearing apart the defenses while while playing at Michigan, um, so you know Blake Corum, number two on on the list here. Yeah, so Blake Corum is a guy who I think if he didn't suffer that injury last year, probably comes out probably is a day two pick. Obviously not at the B John or Jameer Gibbs, but I think he would have been in the conversation to be the RB three in last year's class. I know it was Zach Charbonnet. I think Corum would have been right there in that mix, uh, whether it was before or after Charbonnet and then Devin H. Chain. But what I like about him, little undersized, compact frame, good athleticism, short area burst, and explosiveness, average speed and acceleration. I don't think that's his calling card. But to me, it's he's got great level footwork, lateral quickness, suddenness, uh, agility, change of direction skills, elusiveness, and cutting ability. I see very good vision. And I think there's more. I think his receiving skills are good. Michigan just wasn't asked to do it a lot. So, yeah, there's some things that, you know, the size is always going to be a concern. Pass protection, limitations in the NFL. But he's not a bell cow, but NFL teams are okay with that, which is why I still think he's going to be a round two type talent, be a big part of a committee backfield, and could work his way to even being more involved in the pass game. Yeah, I mean, before we knew he was coming back to school, Corum was my number three back and only behind Bijan and Gibbs. And those we saw, we heard those guys were round one prospects. You know, and I think it's a hot take a bit to have him here because a lot of people you know, are on his backfield mate. I like Corum. 
you know, much better in the Michigan backfield, but our number three running back right behind him, Donovan Edwards, this is where the hype in the Michigan backfield is. He's a junior, his first draft year eligibility now, six foot, 205. He was running behind Corum, but even still had nearly a thousand yards. He had seven to carry, seven touchdowns, a little bit more uh, through the air. He's, he's known a little bit more as a receiving back, home run hitter. What else is he bringing to the table? So Donovan Edwards is the guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he's RB1 in this draft class next year. I just think good size, average frame. We're talking great level athleticism, speed, movement skills, acceleration, and bursts. Really good to great footwork, cutting ability, agility, and the looseness to make people miss in the open field. Good vision and patience. He's got very good receiving skills, which is, I think is then almost holds back Blake Corum in that regards a little bit because Edwards is, is even better than that. There's some things that I would like to see him improve upon this year. Some contact balance issues. I'd like to be able to fight through contact a little bit, show a little bit more power, and pick up yards after that contact. But to me, when I when I watch him play, I think he's a day two guy right now. I think he could be the lead of a committee backfield, but I think he's got more three down potential than most of the backs in this upcoming draft class. So I think he's got three down potential. He's best in an inside or outside zone run scheme. Uh, I really like Donovan Edwards. I think he's squarely a round two guy now with his ceiling pointing up. Yeah, you know, call me a hater. Um, I, I'm not as in on Donovan Edwards, and I think it's my bias of what types of running backs I like and I see translate to the NFL level. And I get the excitement because when running backs do great things in space and hit home runs, like people get excited. Those make highlight reels. You're going to see that on his film. He is elusive. I doubt you know, no qualms with anything you said, you know, but I do think contact balance, power, I think even a little bit of decision-making, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where maybe he becomes someone like Travis Etienne at the NFL level. And I think that's, that'd be a really good comp. And even then we saw Jacksonville invest in tanks, tank Bigsby to run with them. Right. So I don't think, you know, anyway, that that's where I sit on, on Donovan Edwards. And I'm also lower on our next player here as well and I feel horrible about it because this is going to be the guy who's number one on almost everyone's boards and that's Travion Henderson Ohio State junior 5'10 215 talk about another big play running back explosive in the field he had uh he had some injuries last year if I remember right 571 yards five a carry six touchdowns you know we've seen him in the you know, we've seen him in the receiving game in, in years past too. Last year was just uh, four receptions for 28 yards. Um, So he's not number one on your board. Is that because there's de- developmental areas or is this just a big tier? And is there just that much that you like about Travion as well? Well, this is a pretty big tier. I have about seven guys who I consider day two caliber prospects at the running back position. I don't think there's a huge margin. I think some of these guys will eventually separate themselves and maybe be that early day two you know, in that in the 40s, 50s range, and some other guys will fall down. But I think deciphering between that right now, I think it's very hard. So I have a large tier here of seven guys who I think weren't going in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, mostly on uh, round two and round three. You know, so let's just kind of dig right in here a little bit and give you what I saw on film. Travion Henderson, above average size and frame, very good to great athleticism, speed, acceleration, bursts and explosiveness. We didn't see it as much in 2022, but we saw it on 2021. It's on the film that he has that speed, acceleration, burst, and explosiveness, the lateral quickness to get to the outside. I think he's got very good footwork, change of direction skills, 
cutting ability and elusiveness. I think he runs with a good pad level, shows good play strength and contact balance at that 5'10", 215 that you alluded to. Obviously, some doubt, some concerns, the inconsistent production, sophomore versus freshman seasons, very dramatically different production. Uh, you'd like to see him more involved in the passing game, similar to what we talked about with Trey Benson, right? Only four catches last year, not something he's done a lot of. I think there's some inconsistent decision-making, vision, and patience at times. That's something that is, I think, critical at the NFL level, and he's got to clean that up a little bit. So he's went from being like RB1 consensus, and he's fallen down a little bit, but I think he's in the mix, and he could really bounce back. I think he could be a part of a starting backfield or a part of a committee day two like prospect. Yeah, I mean, you, you again, the type of running back that I like, I think you mentioned his developmental areas are what's going to hold me back, but he can be dynamic. You see, what happens when you marry home run hitting with the type of stuff that I fell in love with Trey Benson, the uh, yards after contact, the the contact balance, the power, you get my number one back, and that's Raheem Sanders, Arkansas junior 6-2-236. He had 1,400 rushing yards, 6 a carry, 10 touchdowns, a lot of work in the receiving game, 28 receptions, 271 yards. That's good in college. Two touchdowns. Um, I mean, you see him make big plays. You see him, you know, you see him t- grind out tough yards. There's, I think there is a lot of development uh, developmental areas, but to me, that just means there's an even higher ceiling. What, what, how do you round out uh, Rocket Sanders' game? So Raheem Rocket Sanders, rare size and frame for the running back at 6'2", 236. Good athleticism, burst speed, acceleration, and movement skills, especially for a man at that size and frame. Very good play sharing, power, contact balance, and leg drive. Good footwork with very good vision and patience with the ability to one cut and get upfield quickly. I think average in terms of lateral quickness, I don't think that's his strength at pass protection. It's probably about average. To me, the things that I or concern me a little bit. I don't see a lot of make you miss ability, especially in the backfield. And I think when he's in the open field, if he's got a, you know, a runway, he can make, he could just, you know, hit the home run with his speed and size, like almost like a Derrick Henry, but I don't think he's going to make people miss with his cutting ability, change of direction or elusiveness in those regards. I think he's going to make people miss by taking the proper angles and just get into the second level with that size and frame and just run past people. Uh, said a couple ball security issues that I'd like to see cleaned up, but he's another guy. Day two, I think he's a round two, round three guy, part of a committee backfield at the next level. I wouldn't be surprised if he's more like the fifth or sixth running back off the board, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's the first. Um, there's another one. We've got another size freak, um, you know, as, as our number six running back. And I think you guys all know I'm talking about Braylon Allen. We've heard his name since he was a freshman. He's now a junior. 61240 yeah i honestly when i say this his production is a dip from from what we what he did his freshman year and the expectations it's still great production 1250 yards five a carry 11 touchdowns he still pitched in a little bit in the receiving game 13 receptions 100 yards my only worry with Braylon Allen is that maybe he's not as athletic as we thought he was coming in as a freshman and maybe he runs a little bit slow do you have any other areas of concern or, you know, just all highlights, all strengths? So, yeah, Braylon Allen, I, I think there's a similarity to Raheem Rocket Sanders. He's got the rare size and frame. I think Braylon Allen's got good athleticism. I don't think it's great or elite. I think it's good athleticism, good burst, good acceleration. To me, the long speed is probably just average. I bet he runs like a four, five, eight, or a four, six. And in his size, that's fine. I don't think I don't think he's running a four four or even a four five flat. I think it's going to be higher than that. 
But to me, he's got very good vision and patience. He does get to play behind what is always a strong Wisconsin offensive line. Uh, but I think he's got good footwork with the ability to one cut. Uh, he runs with good varying in terms of his run tempo. I think he does a good job varying his run tempo. Very good to great play strength, contact balance, physicality, and power to break tackles. I have some concerns about his ability to get to the outside in terms of his lateral quickness. I don't think there's a lot of making miss in the backfield or in the open field. Again, he needs that pathway. I think, again, he's a part of a committee backfield. Not a lot in the past game, but right now I'd put him in that day two mix. Yeah, and, you know, I'm a big Braylon Allen fan. Um, you know, I think it's partly because I love seeing what Derrick Henry's done, and those are the comps you're going to see. He's going to win the same way, right? Your developmental areas of concern, like you said, can he get to the outside, that lateral quickness, you know, start and stop ability, it, it, too much bulk. You're not really going to move that thing around, but that body around. Um, in freakish ways, unless he somehow, you know, becomes, you know, an otherworldly athlete. I think, you know, you set us up with some good expectations there. You mentioned there were seven players in your, your tier one running backs. That gets us to number seven here, Will Shipley, another guy we've known from the Debbie radar, still at Clemson. He's a junior, 5'11", 207. Last year, almost 1,200 yards rushing, Again, about five and a half yards of carry, 15 touchdowns, a lot more. This is where we're seeing a lot more uh, track record on, you know, through the air. He is known for his pass catching, 38 receptions, 242 yards. Give us the give us the overview for Shipley's game. Yeah, if Clemson hadn't really started to struggle post Trevor Lawrence and struggle not being elite elite at the with the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. I think I think the narrative would be very different, you know. So when I watch Will Shipley play, to me, he's average size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, burst, acceleration, and speed. To me, my favorite thing about him, I love his footwork. To me, it's very good to great footwork, the vision, the patience. I see a lot of natural run instincts. I don't know if a lot of the guys, like I could say that about either in this top seven, but I think Shipley has very natural run instincts. Combined with that vision, patience, and footwork, the ability to one-cut and get up the field quickly, even at 207 pounds, and he's got good contact balance, and then he's the first one with a real X factor in terms of the receiving capabilities, very good receiving skills. Is there some things that I'd like to see him improve upon? Yeah, he doesn't run with a lot of power. Uh, I think there will be some limitations in terms of his workload at the next level. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of like make-you-miss ability in terms of you know, like sharp cuts, but I think he, I think he's probably functional in terms of his agility and elusiveness. Another guy who I think day two, part of a committee backfield. Yeah. I think if there's one thing Shipley can really do for his game, he's, it's not like he's going to be able to put a bunch more, uh, you know, size and on that frame, but, um, we've seen small guys hit hard, hit tough, right. And it's about leverage that he learns to be able to finish runs with leverage, you know, I think he's going to really carve out, uh, you know, a lead role in the NFL. I mentioned, okay, so that was tier one, top seven running backs. Those will be the guys that we're looking for on day two, as we see it right now. Maybe some guys fall out of there. Other guys will come into there. That's going to be the excitement as we go through the season. Um, but the next names that we're going to go through are typically the day three guys. Um, and, and again, it's another big tier. There's going to be a lot of shuffling, but let's just start with number eight, Rashin Ali out of Marshall. He's a redshirt junior, 5'11, 203. 
he only played a couple games last year, uh, 300 yards, five a carry. Um, but he had a really good production the year before 1400 yards, you know, 46 receptions, you know, 350 yards on, the, uh, through the air as well. Give us your profile on Rashin Ali. Yeah. So Rashid Ali is a guy who I'm very intrigued with. I liked him more than last year when people were hyping up Dwayne McBride at times. I like Rashid Ali more than that. Obviously then he, you know, he suffered the injury, didn't play much last year. But when I watch him, I see good size, average frame. I see good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. I see good footwork, agility, vision, and cutting ability to make people miss in the open field. I see above average to good contact balance and play strength to break tackles. And like we talked about with Will Shipley, very good receiving production and skills. This is, to me, a guy part of a committee backfield, but the upside to play on all three downs, he can be the pass receiving back. He can run inside or outside zone or gap seam. So I think he's very scheme independent. Right now, I have an early day three grade on him. I almost could even say I put a round three, round four type, you know, right there. Uh, but I, I'm intrigued by Ali. I think if he bounces back to his 2021 form, he's going to he's gonna move up the ranks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right there. I think he, you know, what we saw in 2021 gives us some excitement for 2023. Jace McClellan, number nine running back, you know, 5'10", 207, the senior in Alabama, you know, last year, 650 yards, seven touchdowns, 14 receptions, 173 yards. This is ostensibly his time to shine at Alabama. Um, What is he going to bring to the table that would, you know, have him be take over the first role or what other developmental concerns are we going to be looking for um, for him to improve his draft stuff? So Jason McClellan, average size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, and short area bursts, good footwork, agility, cutting ability, and elusiveness to make people miss. I really like his vision. To me, that's his best trait. Very good vision and patience. He runs a good play strength and contact balance, even at 207 pounds. And then he's got above average receiving skills. I think Alabama is going to put a little bit more on his plate this year. He kind of had to take a step back in his growth and development when they got Jameer Gibbs to transfer there. So I think McClellan is kind of going to be the guy that could break out in that Alabama offense and, and be a legit star there this year. Uh, right now, I think he's probably depth to part of a committee backfield, but the fact that he can play on all three downs and run effectively inside, outside, zone, or gap run scheme, I think in, adds to him at Etsu and enhances his value that I think this year could see 1,100 yards, double-digit touchdowns. And if that happens, now I think we're talking about him back on the round three, round four mix, if that comes to fruition. All right, we're going to move into to number 10 now. Bucky Irving, junior out of Oregon, 5'10", 194 pounds, uh, 1,100 yards last year, uh, almost seven a carry, and um, some good work uh, through the air with 30 receptions and 300 yards. Give us, you know, what are we expecting from from Bucky Irving this year? Yeah, so Bucky Irving, average size. I think he could add to the frame a little bit. The 194 right now is a little concerning. Good athleticism, speed, and bursts. Very good footwork, movement skills, agility, cutting ability, elusiveness, and change of direction skills. Good receiving skills. He runs a good pad level. Average contact balance, vision, and patience. To me, he profiles as part of a committee backfield or a pass-catching running back capable of playing on all three downs, best in an insider-outside zone run scheme. Some areas where I'd like to see some improvement from him. Like I said, I already talked about it. He's got to add to his frame a little bit. He's got to show that he can run with a little bit more power. Uh, I think there's some inconsistency in terms of his pass protection, 
uh, his decision making. And I think at times he tries to kick too many runs to the outside. Uh, he's good athletics ability, but I don't think he's got that home run hitting ability that he can beat everybody to the outside corner, especially at the NFL level. I think right now he profiles as probably like a round four, round five guy, but that Oregon scheme really sets him up to be successful in college and could potentially move him up draft boards. One thing we do know is that uh, rising offenses, productive offenses can really help um, on, you know, on the draft capital for these skilled players. And we talked a little bit about it with Bo Nix. You know, Oregon really made some marks last year, and and they are a team that I think is going to have some fireworks this year as well. We're going to move on to the five foot nine, two hundred four pound senior out of Mississippi State, Jaquavius Marks. Six hundred yards last year, but six a carry, nine touchdowns, and fifty receptions, uh, two hundred ninety yards through the air. Definitely making his mark in the passing game. What what else is he bringing to the table besides the pass catching? So Jukavius Marks is going to be an offensive weapon at the next level, and I think that's intriguing to NFL teams. I think he's got a debris grade right now. I think he profiles as a pass catching running back or a lesser part of a committee or a change of pace. But I think it's all about that offensive versatility that he brings to the table. He's got average size and frame, good athleticism, speed, movement skills, burst and acceleration, good to very good lateral quickness. The agility, elusiveness, and cutting ability, I think, is where he shines because he's got great receiving skills. So then he can use that agility and elusiveness and footwork to make people miss in the off in you know in the open field. That versatility to make him that offensive threat, he could impact the game as a rusher, a receiver, or a returner. Yeah, there's not there's some concerns and development needed. He doesn't have the natural run instincts of some of the other guys we've talked about. There's some inconsistencies in his vision and his patience. And if he's going to be a great pass catching running back at the next level he's got to clean up his pass protection and i think that's one of the number one thing we need to see growth from him this year if you follow me on twitter you know my favorite running back in all of nfl history at least you know i i've got a bias to the more recent ages because because of my age but is frank gore and we're going to travel down to southern mississippi and take a look at his son senior 5'7 198 frank gore jr uh, 1,382 rushing yards, six a carry, nine touchdowns, 19 receptions, 219 yards. Is he anything like his dad? So Frank Gore Jr., really fascinating prospect. If he was two inches taller and like 10 pounds heavier, we're probably talking about a guy who would be talked about in that first tier, talked about as a top 50 pick because while undersized, good athleticism, movement skills and bursts, Average to above average, long speed and acceleration, very good footwork, change of direction skills, cutting ability, agility, and elusiveness to make people miss. That is his calling card. So it's different than his dad, Frank Gore. Frank Gore Jr. is all about that footwork, the change of direction, the sharp cuts, making people miss. He combines that with good vision and patience, a very versatile offensive weapon. He helps out in the pass game. Obviously, running is his calling card, but he's also he's also had a lot of success throwing the football, doing a lot of different things off the wildcat and stuff like that. Obviously, the level of competition is a little bit of a concern. The size and frame is a major concern, especially the size. Can he fix his pass protection issues? And what type of workload can he have at the next level? Several years back, my favorite mover of the draft was Devin Singletary, and I love rooting for the underdogs. If Frank Gore Jr. has the work, any close, any work at the close to his dad, you know, I think we're going to actually see, you know, what he can do to break those odds and, and really contribute on the NFL level. 
Jeff, let me just jump in right there. We're seeing it right now with Deuce Vaughn. I know it's just preseason. I know it's just training camp highlights. But we're seeing a guy like Deuce Vaughn show that he might be able to belong. And we we were both big fans, if I remember correctly, of Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you know, if he has that, like you're talking about, that toughness of his dad, you combine that with the skill sets that he does have, there is a home. If Deuce Vaughn can go in round five of the NFL draft, and, and making noise in this first training camp in preseason, I think Frank Gore could be on that type of path because he's got some of those Deuce Vaughn characteristics and traits that make people miss. He's just doing it a little bit of a smaller program than, than Deuce did, but, but I really think Frank Gore's got a home. He's probably a little higher on my rankings than other people's, but it's the same reason like I like Deuce Vaughn. There's, there's traits about it that I think you're going to translate and then you put in the, the kind of the pedigree with his dad being who he is. I, I'm intrigued by Frank Gore Jr. at the next level. I think he'll have a monster year this year. And I think it will translate to be like probably around five-ish pick. And then we'll see what he what he could do there as, as some part of a backfield, whether it's depth, whether it's a lesser part of a committee. But he's got three-down skill sets. He's got some offensive playmaking ability in a variety of ways. I, I'm intrigued by Frank Gore Jr. Thank you for bringing up my other regret of the offseason, and it's not coming away with any Deuce Vaughn. Uh, like you said, I was such a huge fan of his. I think I called him the best inside runner of the class, too, because he could just make people miss in a phone booth. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think the, I think the pedigree will be, a, will be a way to at least get Frank Gore Jr. drafted as well. I think people are, we, we see it a lot. People will take those shots. Moving on to number 13, Nate Noel, Appalachia State. Senior 5'10", 185. So we've got a little bit of a size concern. He's had 600 yards, 7 a carry, 6 touchdowns, pitched in through the air, 24 receptions, 145 yards, 2 touchdowns. You know, for Nate Noel, what are we what are we getting um, with his game? So Nate Noel, very similar to Frank Gore Jr. And the year before, he had 1,200 yards rushing. So this is the guy who has production at the collegiate level. But we're talking about another guy, undersized, but good to very good athleticism, speed, acceleration, burst and movement skills, very good footwork, agility, change of direction skills, cutting ability and elusiveness to make people miss, good receiving production as well. Some things that I think he's probably average in terms of vision and patience. If he can make, if he can improve upon that and add those to be strengths, I think we're really talking about a guy who could be a weapon at the next level. Some of the developments and concerns. They're not going to be fixed. The size is going to be an issue in terms of his frame. The power, the play strength, the contact balance, uh, workload limitations, and probably pass protection. Those are days are not going to improve. But I think his traits make him worthy of a guy who could be a part of a backfield in a depth role or a change of pace or a receiving running back. I think keep him on the outside in the perimeter. He could be intriguing to a team as, as somewhere around five, round six type pick. Let's move on to somebody the analytics probably will like again, a little bit of better size uh, <laughs> size frame and uh, production here. So, you know, 6'1", 215, we're talking about Carson Steele, the junior from UCLA, who had 1,443 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns, and 29 receiving uh, receptions for 166 yards. Um, the production's there. The size in the frame is there. What about his other skills? So Carson Steele played his first two years at Ball State, you know, now making the big, you know, transfer to UCLA, taking over for Zach Charbonnet. Very good size and frame, as you alluded to. I think the athleticism is very good overall. 
He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list in 2022. I don't think the list has came out just yet for this year. I'm sure he's going to be on it again. Average to above average lateral quickness, burst and acceleration. He's got great play strength, power, toughness, physicality, and finishing ability. He's got good footwork, that one cut ability, uh, development or concerning things. Yeah, the level of competition. I'm always a little biased sometimes trying to project. I think this is a big year for him and he could skyrocket up these these rankings. Uh, I had some long speed concerns, even though he's a great athlete in terms of being on that Bruce Feldman. I don't think it's really the, the long speed. I think he's more of like a four, five, eight to four, six guy. I want to see him clean up his pass protection, but I think he's a running back capable of playing on all three downs because he's got that good pass catching ability. Uh, and I'm intrigued by him. We're going to move out to uh, the one of the most popular programs here, Ohio State. We're going to talk about Mayan Williams, the counterpunch to Travion Henderson, junior, 5'9", 234. Talk about a, a hefty counterpunch. He had 800 yards last year, six to carry, 14 touchdowns. He was always in the end zone. I think you saw that a lot. Just five receptions, 27 yards. What's what's his counter to Travion Henderson? How does he fit in with his skill set? Mayan Williams is the perfect complement to Travion Henderson. Average size, good frame, athleticism is just average. Same thing with the burst and acceleration. But I, we're talking about a guy who's got very good play strength, power, toughness, physicality, and contact balance. He shows great leg drive, runs with a good pad level. He's got good vision. He's got the ability to one cut. We're talking about a north-south power gap run inside offense is where he would shine. I think reasons for concern in terms of how his game translates to the next level He's going to not offer much in terms of his receiving production or his receiving skills. He's not going to make people miss in a phone booth or in the open field. You know, the agility, elusiveness is not there. I don't think the long speed is going to be there. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to get to the outside. That lateral quickness is just not there. So to me, he profiles as a guy who's a depth running back to maybe a part of a committee down the line, early down runner, but limited to a power gap inside run scheme, in my opinion. I really like uh, Mayan Williams, and I think, you know, I think he's going to, I don't know that there's many bell cows in the NFL these days, so I think what he's going to do is he's going to do something like Roshan Johnson did. You know, he's going to find his way onto a depth chart, and I think what we're going to start seeing is is him be the thorn in the side of everybody's favorite fantasy sleeper pick, and he, I think he's going to carve out, I think, a pretty decent NFL career. Isaiah Davis, South Dakota State senior, Six foot, two twenty seven. Our number sixteen running back, fourteen hundred and fifty yards, uh, six to carry, fifteen touchdowns, twenty receptions, hundred and seventy through the air. Smaller school. I haven't gotten my eyes on him, so you know when I turn on the tape, what am I going to see? So Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State. We're talking about a guy who's got great size and frame. Athleticism is just average. Movement skills, average. Acceleration, speed, lateral quickness, and agility, all average. But he's got good vision, patience, footwork, and short area bursts. Very good play strength, power, toughness, contact bounds, and power to pick up extra yards after contact. I love the physicality. I love the toughness that we see when you watch Isaiah Davis run. We've seen other people, productive skill players, come out of South Dakota State. I think Isaiah Davis is a guy who could be a part of a depth running back committee, maybe work his way to a lesser part. I think he's more of an early down inside gap run scheme type player. Uh, can't do anything about the level of competition. It is what it is. I'd like to see him improve his receiving skills. He had 21 catches, but just for 173 yards. 
He's got to clean up pass protection. I don't think he's going to make people, you know, miss in, in tight spaces. So the change of direction, cutting ability, stop, start, acceleration, uh, those are things that, that we just haven't been able to see yet from the small school prospect. Let's move on to one of the more fun names here, and that's Ulysses Bentley the fourth at a University of Mississippi senior, 5'10", 201. You know, last year, you know, I think it was injuries, didn't see much of him, but from 2021 at a SMU, 600 yards, six a carry, four touchdowns, 19 receptions, 90 yards. There's not a huge history of production here. Um, so when you've got the tape on, you know, what, what is he bringing to the table? So Ulysses Bentley the fourth, he's going to be a, a satellite player at the next level. He's going to be, you know, this year he's going to be working tandem with Quinshawn Junkins. But to me, he's got average size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, uh, burst and acceleration, good to very good footwork, agility, change direction skills, cutting ability and elusiveness. He's got good vision and patience. I think right now the receiving skills is probably just functional at best. I don't think he's got great long speed, but I think he's better in, in tight spaces in terms of making people miss. Uh, I think he'll be a good complement to, to like I said, to that offense this year. Uh, some areas where I'd like to see him improve, contact balance, his play strength, uh, clean up some issues in pass protection. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to carry a heavy workload at the next level, but I think we're talking about a satellite player, depth running back, maybe a little change of pace. Uh, outside zone scheme, probably best for him. We're probably talking late day three type player here, uh, but a guy who can make the depth chart. We said at, at this point we'd check in here and see our time going, and I think we have the time to actually get into the profiles of these next four players. Um, and I'm excited about that because we've got two from the same school, and we'll start with Josh Williams from LSU, senior, 5'9", 209. Last year, 530 yards rushing, five a carry, six touchdowns, 21 receptions, 132 yards. You know, one of the two backs we're going to be profiling. What is Josh Williams bringing to the table for LSU Tigers? So Josh Williams was a walk-on who is just uh, just basically symbolizes everything about hard work, effort. That's the type of player he is as well. Average size and frame. Average athleticism, burst, and movement skills. Very good play strength, contact balance, toughness, and physicality. He's always churning his legs. I love the leg drive picking up extra yards after contact, runs with a really good pad level. He's got good vision and patience. He can one-cut and get upfield quickly. He can chip in in the passing game with average receiving skills. You're not going to see much in terms of his long speed. He's not going to be a home run threat or, 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 you know, or get into the open field and make people miss. A lot of issues in terms of change of direction, cutting ability, uh, but he's a depth running back, but it has the ability to play on all three downs, inside gap zone run scheme, I think suits him best. I think he's going to be LSU's leading rusher this year, and we could see him elevate his draft stock due to that. Okay, I still see people putting their Debbie picks on this next player, and he's buried down here at number 19 on a running back list behind some lesser-known names. And I think people will know when I say Kendall Milton, you know, the running back out of Georgia, senior 6'1", 220, right? He's been on that Debbie Raider. I think people are are looking at the school, Georgia. They're looking at his opportunity here. And they're thinking maybe I'm getting the next thing. Last year it was, you know, 590 yards, seven a carry, eight touchdowns, five receptions, 64 yards, one touchdown through the air. Is Kendall Milton going to be, you know, a, a 
drastic riser with a good year here, or are there other areas of concern that might hold him into a day three capital? Yeah, so when I watch Kendall Milton, I think he's he's got great size and frame. Obviously, that's understandable right off the bat. I think he's average to above average overall athleticism. I think he's got the ability to get to the outside in terms of his lateral quickness. I think he's got some speed, especially at his size and frame. He's got good short area bursts, footwork, and one-cut ability. Very good play strength, power, toughness, contact balance, physicality, finish runs, pick up extra yards, break tackles. But when you watch him, you know, I think he's going to be part of a group there at Georgia in terms of their running backs. He's going to rotate in. He's not going to give you much in terms of his passing, his passing, uh, receiving ability, his skills there. He's not going to make people miss. You don't see a lot of agility or change direction stuff. And I have a lot of questions on his vision, patience, and decision making. And I kind of think that's what's held him back most there at Georgia. The other guys are just better in terms of their skill sets. And I think Milton's going to be effective when he runs the ball this year, but still issues that'll push him to day parade. I think the the sort of early pedigree and the school are really going to keep people excited. But but we haven't, you know, we've seen players graduate from these big programs and not always, you know, get the early capital. And, th- and that might be the, the profile we're looking at here. Number 20, Aiden Robbins, BYU senior, 6'2", 233. He's a transfer. So he was in Houston last year with 1,000 yards, five a carry, nine touchdowns. He pitched it in the air. 20 receptions is a good number for a running back in college football in a season. 23 receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Um, You know, I haven't seen Aiden Robbins from, you know, out of, you know, in depth, um, you know, just after watching a few Houston games here or there, you know. So what, what have I missed? So Aiden Robbins, great size and frame, athleticism, movement skills, bursts, and acceleration, I would say is classified as average at his size and frame. But he's got good footwork, vision, patience. For him, very similar to some of the other guys we talked about, Kendall Milton, Mayan Williams, very good play strength, power, toughness, contact balance, and finishing ability. That's going to be his calling card. He's not going to make people miss in a phone booth. You don't see much agility, elusiveness, cutting ability, or lateral quickness, you know, in terms of NFL, you know, caliber uh, on his college tape. Uh, to me, he's a depth running back. Maybe he can work his way to a lesser part of a committee. He could be a short yardage running back. I think best in an inside power gap run scheme. I would say, you know, the move to BYU, we'll see. You know, we've seen some guys, you know, have very effective seasons at BYU running the ball. So maybe Aiden Robbins could kind of ride that momentum and improve his draft stock a little bit. But right now I put him on that day three radar, you know, somewhere in that round five, round six, round seven range and, and see if he can move up from there. Yeah, it's a good location for to pick to transfer to. You know, coaches love those hammers. They love those tough runners. You know, we talked about Josh Williams with all the heart he has, um, potentially even leading LSU. So is that going to keep off a name that people are going to recognize here in John Emery Jr., his backfield mate at the LSU Tigers, who is now a redshirt senior? He's 5'11", 218. Last year, 375 rushing yards, just about five a carry, six touchdowns, 13 receptions, 129 yards to the air, two more touchdowns you know what is John Emery bringing to the table that would challenge Josh Williams you know for that lead role so John Emery part of that LSU backfoot not with not only with Josh Williams but also with Noah Kane formerly of Penn State John Emery former five-star recruit has never lived up to that he always looked more explosive and 
and had better speed in high school than, he, than we've seen translate to the next level. But we're talking about a guy, average size, good frame. I think the athleticism is just average to above. Same thing with the long speed, the acceleration. I think he's got good short area bursts. I like the footwork at times. I think he runs hard, good contact balance, good play strength, toughness, and physicality. I think he's a good interior runner, displays above average to good vision, but you don't see a lot of making miss. You don't see much elusiveness, agility, change of direction, or lateral quickness. You don't see, you know, you don't see a lot in terms of his rushing production over his college career. Last year he had 13 receptions, but not a guy who's going to do much in the receiving game as well. So I think you're just talking about a depth running back who's going to have to buy to make a, you know, a depth chart at the next level. I think he's best in an inside gap or zone run scheme because I don't think he can do much on the perimeter. Paul, I can't believe it. We're actually like holding ourselves uh, to time here. Uh, what have we? What have we become? We we don't ramble on anymore and go into deep in depth. I think we'll have plenty of time for that as the season goes on and we focus in on on these players. Um, that gets us through our rankings, right? That gets us through our top twenty one players. Um, there's an extensive watch list, you know, in the 2024 uh, rankings notebooks that, you know, when the notebooks come out, you'll get all of the names there. But just like last week, one or two names, just don't even have to hit the profiles. Um, let me start, right? And then I'll let you, I'll let you name a few and wrap us up here. Jarquez Connor Hunter is a, is a running back out of Auburn that, you know, I saw a flash a few times last year. So I'm going to be watching him. And I'm going to put a name that's not on your list. I'm going to make you put this on your list. And that's Damian Martinez out of Oregon State. I think I think you got to get eyes on this kid. I think he's probably in, you know, that 8 to 15 range at least and potentially able to climb up higher. Got Going to have to get eyes on him. We'll add him to the watch list for sure. For my end, there's three guys that I'm keeping a close eye on. One, B. John Robinson's gone. Roshan Johnson's gone. Who stepped up in Texas? I think Kalen Robinson is a name that we could be talking about throughout this year and could see him climb into that early to late day remix. Marshawn Lloyd transferring from uh, South Carolina to LSU. I think that's a really interesting landing spot for him. Obviously, high-profiled offense there uh, with the scheme, the quarterback, the coach, everything going on there. So Marshawn Lloyd is a name to really be watching closely. And then Audrey uh, Esteem from Notre Dame would be the last guy on the watch list that I think could see him uh, catapult. A lot of these guys, they're probably going to be added to the scouting notebook. Full detailed scouting reports will probably be on these guys either during the college football season or after the season as well. Uh, But right now there's 21 detailed scouting profiles that we went into depth tonight. There's a whole watch list of about 20 more names uh, and many of those guys will be added uh, you know, to the to the scouting notebook during the season as I'm updating, analyzing, changing many of these scouting reports uh, as I get more eyes on them for the upcoming college football season. I think it's a fascinating group of running back prospects. I think there could be so much movement at the top in terms of the top seven guys that I talked about. And can anyone catapult themselves into that mix? How many of those guys come out? Do, do we have any surprises where guys go back to school? We've seen that at the running back position sometimes. Trapsiti and Blake Corum last year. Uh, so I think that's interesting. And then there's always some day three guys that I, I classify as day three guys now who push their way up into the mix, who maybe falls down and we're, we're thinking they're day two and maybe they slide backwards into day three. That happens a lot also at that position because we know it's a position that NFL teams don't, you know, 
you know, want to make a heavy investment in, you know, so sometimes it's not six or seven guys who go in the top 100 and that really pushes some really talented players uh, into the early portion of day three for sure. But uh, Jeff and I'll be covering it all year. Uh, it's going to be fun to kind of analyze these running backs, see who who lives up to the billing, who maybe falls down and who maybe rises up. Jeff, any any final sh- uh, party shots? No, I was thinking of a couple names that I was going to bet on falling out and names of jumping in, but I think I'm just going to wait and watch the college football season unfold. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the way because I think right now a lot of these guys at the top, it, it's the same names in most people's top six, top seven, but the order in which you see it is very different, right? Like you know, I, I think it was Dame Brugler has Blake Corum uh, as his number one. Uh, and has Raheem Sanders, you know, like at number seven and maybe even number eight. And then other people have Raheem Sanders at number one or number two. And some people love Donovan Edwards and some people have question marks about Donovan Edwards, you know, and some people think Will Shipley's more of a day three guy. And I think he's a day two guy. So I think there, I think there's a lot of different opinions out there uh, in terms of what we, we kind of talked about before. What traits are we looking for? Are we looking for specialists? Are we looking for pre down players? You know, do should we be worried? How much should we be worried about size and frame? Or should we be less worried about that? Because it is such a position now that teams want two guys, three guys. We saw what Seattle just did, right? Taking Zach Charbonnet in the second round a year after taking, you know, Kenneth Walker in the second round. You know, so the, the game is changing. The running back position is changing. How it's looked at, how it's uh, valued is so different uh, that I, I think it makes it hard. Like you say, oh, a part of a committee backfield and someone might think that's a knock on a player. But it really isn't anymore. Like, that's just, you know, think about Detroit. They invested in Jameer Gibbs after they just signed David Montgomery to a decent running back free agent deal. So it, it's a very interesting time now at the running back position. I, I feel pretty safe saying there's no B. John Robinson. Uh, I don't think there's a Jameer Gibbs. But I, I think there's some guys that could really be intriguing. Uh, and, and do we have a guy or two kind of separate themselves and become like the Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, those early second round picks that teams you know, or maybe even thinking about late round one, I think that's possible, but I, I, I'm not ready to kind of stamp on who I think that could be because I think there's about seven guys that, that, that are vying for that position right now from what I watch. So it's going to be really fun uh, for sure to kind of follow this. So on behalf of Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>